Welcome to the You and Me podcast, the show where we dive deep into the beautiful world of weddings. I'm Laura, the founder of Wonderlust Creative, an international wedding planning and styling company servicing a global collective of loved up couples. And I'm Andy, the founder of The Bridal Journey, a source of inspiration for brides and Revealed, a wedding marketplace where brides can buy and sell pre-loved wedding items. In each episode of the You and Me podcast, we sit down with a real bride who openly shares their unique wedding planning journey. From the excitement of the proposal to the magical moments of her wedding day, we delve deep into the emotions, the challenges and the triumphs of planning a wedding. Join us as we celebrate love, offer practical advice and share the experiences of brides just like you. Prepare for heartfelt conversations and inspiring stories on the You and Me podcast. Brooke, welcome to the You and Me podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. How are you? I'm really good. Thank you so much for having me. How are you? (laughs) I am good. We were just talking offline, actually, though. I, yeah, I am not a tech person and we've had some, we've had some moments and it's only 9.50 a.m. So I think we can only go up (laughs) in our chat today from where I started. Um, So it is, yeah, I am, I am really well. But um, for those who are listening, please tell us just a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do, where you came from. So I'm Brooke, I'm 30, I have sort of been modelling my whole life and recently transitioned into uh, running my own businesses. So I have a swimwear and clothing company and also an online subscription-based Pilates program. So yeah, I was just saying offline as well, I'm just trying to navigate. You are busy. I'm busy, but it's really good. Um, But yeah, I grew up down the Mornington Peninsula. I still live here now. I absolutely love it. Um, Yeah, I'm a pretty simple girl, really. I like walking my dog. I'm a dog mum. My golden retriever, Freddie, is my whole life. What's its name? Freddie. Freddie. Literally my best friend. Oh, my God, angel um, boy. In my whole world. How old is he? He is, you're testing me, just turned (laughs) three. Oh, so he's still kind of a puppy. Yeah, but just out of that naughty stage, it was like the first two years was so tough. Mm. I was like, I don't know how people have children. This Mm, dog business, mm, mm. this puppy (laughs) business is so hard. (laughs) Um, But no, he's kind of just at that age where he's super fun and he's not naughty anymore. And my husband and I just absolutely love him. Yeah. Oh, they, but don't they say that that dog is a precursor to kids? Like it gives you that little bit of, um, I don't know. People say it's a bit of training. Mind you, I've got two children and had a dog. Yeah. A bit of insight. You can put a dog outside. You cannot put children outside. So look, there are, there are little bits you can take from either experience. This is true. My girlfriends and I were chatting about this recently. We're like, we've all just at the stage where we've all got dogs and we all think that we're so sophisticated and we're like, we're so, look at us with all of our responsibilities. And then we're like, guys, we're going to have a real shock when we have children. <laughs> it's a good shock though. I promise. Yeah. I promise. And so um, how did you meet? How did you meet your now husbands? So we met quite a while ago now. So we just forgot our anniversary, actually. We do this every year, but we yeah. just have been date, uh, obviously married a little while, but dating for seven years. So we met at the Portsea Polo, actually, oh, through some you? mutual friends. We're both 
from the Mornington Peninsula, but kind of just like separate parts and never really, we had a lot of mutual friends and the more we talk about it, even now we'll have conversations. I'm like, did you go to that house party? He's like, yeah, we just see those sliding doors. We absolutely would have seen each other. But um, yeah, we met at the Porti Polo. He came up to me and he just sort of said, hey, we have a few mutual friends and tried to start up a conversation. And it's really funny. I have the world's worst memory. Like I don't remember anything. (laughs) And I clearly remember, you know, what he said, like looking at him and I just knew there was something. I don't want that to sound really mushy and cliche because we're actually really not that kind of couple, but I just knew that there was something, but anyway, yeah. he, um, he said, what are you doing after long story short? He said, come back to hotel Sorrento, not knowing that that's actually his, his family business. I ended up going there and he like pulled me out of line and went and got me a drink. I initially thought he was actually stealing grog because he went behind the bar to pour me a drink. I was like, oh God, this guy, what, what on earth is he doing? Um, and then, yeah, we bought like, red we, flag, red flag. I, know, I was like, run. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I ended up leaving a short time after. He ended up getting me a lift home with somebody. I've actually since found out that the person that he got me a lift home with, he didn't even know. So here I was thinking this gentleman is like finding me his friend to drive me back to my apartment. No, no, no. He just like found Oh my God, some sober rando that is like, yes, you look good. Anyway, past uh, maybe a year and a half passes and then yeah, things just worked out and I had the housewarming party with my friends that we had mutual friends with and he came over and we literally spent one evening together just like at our house party and I met his parents the next day. Like it was just. Oh my God, it was on. Yeah, but I think that's sort of like, like you said before, there was a few sliding door moments. It's like, okay, well, obviously like you were growing up in mutual circles and in a, you know, in a sense that, you know, in a mutual setting almost, but you must've just hit this age or this time in your lives where, you know, what was meant to be was meant to be. Yeah, exactly. And I think it was like at a time in my life where I was sort of, I had just come out of another relationship and I thought to myself, no, 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 that I need some time on my own. I was planning on, um, you know, moving to London to, to do some modeling and with that mindset, I think it just took all the pressure off the situation. Yeah. And when we really did meet, we were like, okay, wow, we just really connected and we got along so well. And we both, I did end up going to London to model um, after we kind of sort of after I met his family, we had like yeah. three hot and heavy weeks together. And then I went to London and he went to LA and nice. we both just had like this magical like friendship that we didn't put any pressure on it. We both yeah. knew how each other felt and then five weeks later he was like I'm going home you know like I'll meet you at home and yeah it just was it was like no question really like yeah I think that's so important to think like you know it shouldn't be that hard obviously relationships are difficult and this is going back quite a long time ago but yeah we kind of just knew I guess yeah I mean they take they take work they take constant work forever and ever and ever like if you are not working at your relationship then you're one of the like minute population that has a bit of a coast through it but relationships do take work so you know to think that you can get there without it you know is sometimes if you can yeah it's sometimes a bit clouded so you know we we still say like we feel like we're learning something new about each other all the time even after seven years yeah and I think that's the nature of relationships they're always changing they're always evolving and you're right like it just takes constant work and like patience 
Absolutely. But you grow like the whole, you know, people are like, oh, you know, if you meet when you're young, you're not the 16 year old or 20 year old when you're 30, you're growing, right? That's the whole point. We, we, we grow, we get new views, new interests, we mature, we change, we lose maturity. We, you know, like it's, you're constantly changing. And so your relationship has to constantly keep up with both parties doing that, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And we met, I think we were 20, my math is so bad, 23. So we have kind of gone through a bit of like life changes, both in our career and, you know, friendship groups and things like that. And it is really like, it can be super difficult um, to sort of navigate yeah. Um, especially, you know, if people have been together since they were in high school and things like that, there's obviously yeah. so much, but I mean, it's, yeah, I guess the test it's is a solid relationship if you get through it all. Exactly. And you know what, if you're on the journey together, then at least you're sort of seeing the trajectory of how you both are going and you can make that work. Yeah. Well, I've only been married a hot minute, so I'm not a relationship expert. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but you've been together a while. You've lasted a while. So now you're good. And so tell me, I mean, you've known him obviously for, for a, a few years now. How did, did Miles propose and how did he do it? Because the longer you're together with somebody, the more you can pick up their little idiosyncrasies or, you, you know, you can, you know, when they're being a bit sus. So tell, tell us the story. To be honest, I felt like for the past two years before we got married, I was like, it's going to happen this weekend. It's going to be when we go away. So I felt like without sounding crazy, I was one of those (laughs) girls that was like, okay, when is this going to happen? And I was kind of at that point where I was like, okay, I'm over this. Like, I'm just going to let it go. So I, to be honest, I was actually really surprised because I always imagined that I would be, I don't know dressed up or you know we'd be going somewhere I just had an idea that it would be we'd be with all of our friends we'd be at like I don't know we both love socializing and um spending time with our with our friends so I just imagined that we'd do it together so we could all just celebrate so we um we were in Byron actually and we're away from my birthday last year um and it was just the two of us and everyone was like oh he's gonna do it he's gonna do it and I said no 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 he won't because he'll know that I want yeah. to celebrate with my best girlfriends and yeah. his friends. Um, anyway, so we got there. We've been there for a night or two and it was actually really heavily raining and we were planning on walking everywhere and he was like, this is terrible. Let's yeah. go get a car. So anyway, we ended up going for a walk. He goes, let's go for a swim in the rain, which I thought, wow, that's weird. <laughs> but I didn't think anything. I was just like, he's crazy. He wants to go swim in the ocean when it's bucketing down. And then... <laughs> He was, we got halfway there and he was a bit frazzled and he thought, let's just go hire a car. So our trip's going to be much more convenient. So anyway, we, he gets an Uber. He goes, I'll drop you off. I'll go get the car. Let's go have a drink in the outdoor bath before we go out for dinner. So I get home, I pour myself a champagne. I put my bathers on. We had this really beautiful outdoor bath at our, um, at our accommodation that we were staying and anyway he came back maybe like 20 minutes later and I heard him like rustling around and banging around and he put our favorite song on which is um Your Body's a Wonderland by John Mayer it's just a song that we've been listening to 
since the first night that I went um, and met his family, we just had like a spa and it was just like, it's just a really special song. And I, it's not abnormal really for him to put that on. He'll yeah. put it on when we're out for dinner or getting ready or something. So I went to, I heard him walking towards me and I went to turn around and say, oh, aren't you cute? Like to give him a bit of shit. And I could just tell by his face that something was up and then Aww. I had to do a double take and then he just had the box in his hand <laughs> and um he got down on one knee and I was I just burst into tears like I yeah. couldn't stop crying and I had my hands <laughs> over my face and he was like to me uh can you answer me <laughs> is it a yes <laughs> yeah I was like oh my god yes of course and then yeah it was just like it was just not at all how I expected it to happen so although I was I guess waiting for it to happen I was still so surprised in that moment. And honestly, it couldn't have been more perfect. And we just sat in this outdoor bar, like laughing and telling stories about how we had to make up all these lies over the past few months to get it there. And um, again, he kind of went one up and surprised me the next day with 20 of our best friends in Byron. So it was just like the most magical weekend. Yeah. yeah, because he's me thinking, no way, he won't do it because he wants to celebrate. And then 20 of our best friends and flew up and we had a weekend of just like drinking and partying. And it was it was basically our engagement party. So we yeah. didn't do a party after that. But yeah, that's oh how we gosh. did it. it was that's amazing. amazing. Do you think because you were expecting it to be one way, is that the reason he did not do it like that? Like, and he did wait until a moment where it was kind of in a situation that you may not have been looking or you may not have expected it to happen? Or was it off the cuff, it felt right for him at the time? To be honest, we have spoken about it since. And he said he never really had a plan of how he wanted to do it. And I think that's why I was so surprised. And he is pretty spontaneous and like he does things that surprise me all the time. So I think partly his personality, but also partly that he was kind of just waiting for the right time and to see what made sense. And I think I've already said it, but we're both pretty... Disor- I'm one forgetful, but also two pretty disorganized. So, and so is he. So for it to all kind of, he planned it in like two weeks. So yeah. it's not something that he had, you know, months of stewing over where I'd be <laughs> like, hey, like, what's this? And it was very last minute. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Best laid plans are not those plans that are planned to perfection though. You know, that's pretty hard to top. <laughs> For a proposal and we like we hear lots of proposal stories in this industry and especially in my job and some are you know viral worthy on Instagram and some are like huge productions and then others are like these small intimate moments that you know are are so meaningful to the couple but when you've got an experience like you do with a proposal how and now you've got a really special memory in Byron how did you then begin to look for your wedding venue? Because I know we spoke a few times just about like options because where you live and I'm I'm on the dark side. So you're on the Mornings Peninsula. I'm on the Bellarine. Well, rivals, but um, rivalry. But it's really tough on and for those who are not in Victoria and not getting married on the Mornings Peninsula, people don't understand how many rules, restrictions – are actually in place over there in comparative to a lot of other places. Like I would actually put the Mornington Peninsula and Byron in the same block when it comes to what you can and can't do on say private residences or venues or stuff. So talk me through 
the process of finding your space and and how it all came about? Yeah, so you're right. Like that, the whole fire and weekend, we were like, we always knew that we obviously wanted to be married, but I sort of never grew up wanting a huge wedding. So I never really knew what I wanted. And he, he was quite the same. And he has a lot of friends and we sort of were just like, how are we going to make this work? And we, we toyed with the idea of, you know, going down somewhere private, just the two of us and just, you know, eloping and just doing it on, on our own, just to mm-hmm. ch- sort of like cut out all the, the hard part really. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we're both weirdly very private people. And I think partly with my job, um, obviously sharing quite a lot of my life on social media, I find my relationship quite sacred and I don't like to overshare. And I thought, you know, you know, if I have a wedding, do I have to put it everywhere? And I just, yeah. we both were quite like really stuck and really torn mm. of what we wanted to do. And we thought, you know, we just had this incredible time in Byron. Do we just sort of like leave it at that and go do something on our own? I was like, my mum yeah. would literally <laughs> kill me if I don't <laughs> have her at my wedding. So yeah. anyway, finding a venue was the most difficult part of the wedding planning process for me or for us. Mm. We wanted a small wedding and then, sorry, the, the venue and the guest list. We like wanted a small wedding and then once we put all of our favourite people on a spreadsheet we were like okay this can't be a small wedding yeah so then we were trying to find a venue that suited our guest numbers yeah and as you've just said the Mornington Peninsula in particular and that was where we wanted to be married it was so hard we could yeah. not find anywhere whether we mm-hmm. go to a winery or you know maybe they couldn't cater our numbers or they weren't allowed to host you know that many people on their property and then yeah. when you kind of we had like 210 people on our guest list so it grew rapidly I'm yeah. gonna say 30 percent of them were my friends the rest were all miles <laughs> but um we just couldn't know where we wanted to go and I, yeah. everywhere was really really expensive mm-hmm. we found this most beautiful property down here on the Mornington Peninsula the Mornington Peninsula and it was actually my dream wedding venue and we semi had it locked in it was an absolute fortune and they ended up pulling out on us because they were doing renovations and it actually ended up being so perfect but finding the venue that suited our guests that suited us that allowed you know weddings of that kind of nature was so difficult so if there's anybody listening that actually is going through that planning process it's like that for me was so difficult and you think god everyone else you know they find their wedding venue and they just know it's the perfect one and I was like waiting for that moment I thought why am I not having this is the one moment yeah um and that's why we 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 got engaged in March and it wasn't I was literally looking at venues and I think I was chatting to you obviously as well in that time trying to find somewhere and it wasn't until December or actually November till we found our venue that was literally in front of us the entire time, which we ended up getting married at Hotel Sorrento, which is Miles's family business, which we never really thought of being married there just because it's Miles's workplace. Yeah. Yeah. This one afternoon we were having an acai bowl in the sunshine out um, in the, the lawn area where we actually had our reception. Yeah. And we were like, what are we going to do? Like, this is so hard. Like, why is this all so hard? We started to look in Melbourne. We started, yeah. on, you know, your side and the ballerine and nothing just made sense. And then yeah. he goes, why don't we just get married here? And I thought to myself, oh my god why have we not thought more about this and then yeah we sat down with Miles's parents and 
they just sort of said, you know, we'd love to close. They don't ever, like the only day they close is on Christmas day. And they said, we'd love to close the venue for you. We'd love to have, you know, your guests come and stay. And it ended up just being so perfect. And And it made me think, you know, the reason why none of those other properties made sense is because it wasn't meant to be. And it was sort of just like, took us a little while to find the venue that made sense for us. And yeah, we're so glad that we were married there because it's just such a special place to us. Yeah, it's got a whole lot of meaning, but I do understand and I think everybody would the whole like you didn't even broach it really because it is his workplace. Yeah, yeah. and a lot of our friends and, you know, majority of our guests, they all go there frequently mm. on the on the weekends, you yeah. know. So you wanted something a different experience, yeah. Yeah, I just thought I don't want them to go somewhere they go every weekend, but that was a part of the planning as well was how do we make this venue feel completely different to yes. how our guests feel when they, you know, come on on a weekend or a long weekend or they're down during the summer. So that was kind of like a big part of, you know, the styling was trying to make it a whole complete different emotional and, you know, visual experience. Yeah. Transport them, transport them somewhere else and they don't even know. So it's, it's a really, it's a really tough, um, it is the venue, your guest list in the venue to be brutally honest are probably your two hardest choices decisions in the entire process um I think because there are so many options but out of all those many options there are a lot of restrictions with each option so it does make it really really tough um because you went through a venue that isn't a typical venue that can give you a recommended vendors list how did you go about finding people like your photographer and like your florist and like your you know hair and makeup did you lean on those that you knew through your work anyway because I would imagine and like we've been I've actually just been talking about this with somebody else the other day an online presence is so good to draw down on in this aspect of planning but at the same time on the flip side of that coin it must be so hard to then live up to what you think the expectations are of those that are looking in on your wedding day as well so did you lean on you know makeup artists that have already done your makeup that you know and trust how did you go about finding those vendors yeah so as I said, we kind of pulled it together very last minute. It wasn't until I think it was late November that we decided that we wanted to have it at the hotel, which was going to be that following February. So it was honestly, I think four months maximum, not even, I think it was like 10 weeks. It was just like (gasps) not long. You can hustle girl. (laughs) Well, I, I had a wedding planner, um, Brittany from the nuptial collective and she really made my life so much easier so than good. it could have ever been if I had yeah. organized it myself. Initially, when we're looking at a marquee wedding, I started looking into it and I thought, oh my God, like, you know, kitchens and, and generators and all these things that I just wouldn't even consider. So I mm. knew that I needed a wedding planner, but then when I decided to have a wedding in two months, I was like, no, I absolutely no, need a wedding absolutely. planner. So, yeah. <laughs> and in saying that, you know, I, as I said, I didn't really want a huge wedding. So I didn't have I know some people have like a list of vendors they want to use. And obviously I've seen, you know, people on social media and I kind of had an idea of who people used. 
So I did have like a little bit of an, an idea in my mind of who I might reach out to, but being very short notice and obviously with all these postponements from COVID, yeah. we were pretty limited with with vendors especially, and suppliers, obviously just with the timing constraints. We ended up having our wedding on a Thursday. It worked out that way, you know, beneficial for the hotel to close on that day. We thought we'll make a weekend out of it and have all of our friends yeah. and family come down for the weekend. So we kind of were okay because not many people having Thursday weddings but yeah I don't know like I kind of put it in the hands of my wedding planner to sort of guide me with suppliers I in terms of hair and makeup and things like that with my job I've obviously worked with a lot of people and I kind of have my favorites if I know you know know how to do my makeup really well and make me feel really beautiful and that was really important for me to kind of have that core team that would make me feel good but everyone else honestly I really just put it in the hands of my wedding planner and she would sort of give me some options and I'd have a look at their Instagram or maybe see who they've worked with and see their previous work and then we kind of just decide from there um but yeah it was really difficult because uh, because I keep saying coming from a girl I didn't want a huge wedding I was Mm -hmm. like looking at all these flowers and then looking at the quotes and just going oh my god this is all just so mind-blowing yeah um but what I had to keep coming back to, which really helped me throughout the whole process with not trying to, you know, live up to a certain expectation or pressure that I had from, you know, obviously having a social media community was I'm getting married to love my life. Yeah. That is the main thing. I'm not going to let anyone else or anyone else's opinions or pressure from what other people did for their weddings get into what I want from my day or yeah. our day. So I really tried, honestly, just to turn everything else off and just yep. go, you're getting married. You are so lucky to be getting married. You're so lucky to, you know, have such a wonderful partner. And that was just all I focused on without sounding silly. No, but I don't think you sound silly at all. I mean, at the end of the day, the end game is to marry the love of your life, right? Like that's the whole reason whether or not you have – elope and have $5,000 in your budget or you have 500 people and half a meal like it actually those things doesn't it, it doesn't change the end goal of getting married to that person that is everyone's main reason to do this we kind of just kept feeling like okay how are we going to feel if we do this how are we feel if yeah. we do this if we're feeling happy and we're feeling proud of the day then that's all that matters yeah and I know we've said it but the, the guest list that was so hard for us because we were like we don't want to feel guilty on our day yeah for not inviting appropriate people or you know seats fill up so fast and yeah. I actually want to say this like someone told me this and I don't want to take credit for it so whoever told me this I'm sorry that I don't remember who it was but for our guest list somebody said to me narrow it down they have to be in your past present or your future and they have to they have to be in two of those categories so if they're only in one they don't make the cut and if they're in two whether they're in your past and you see them in your future or you don't currently see them you know as long as they're within two of those categories they should be invited and honestly that was a godsend for us because we would just put do they fit in here nope okay unfortunately they you know as much as we love and adore them it just just we just can't yeah so yeah that's just a little tip that really helped us. That's a, an amazing tip. No, I didn't, but we're going to find out who did because we're going to use that. <laughs> 
that's yeah and it's an well this is the thing and I I always say to my clients I'm like if you were going out for dinner and they notoriously forgot their wallet would you just be happy paying for them and kind of write it off or would it piss you off because essentially like you don't want to look at them and be like oh this is obligatory and I'm annoyed that's not the that's not what you want to do for your wedding day and you know there are going to be things in the process that you have to compromise on and maybe do some things or include things or accept things that might not have been your very first choice but when it comes to your guest list and that's why it's one of the hardest things not only with venue number restrictions but just who the people are to you because I think a lot of people you know I, I, I know I did when I was planning my wedding I had all these amazing friends in my presence and I was like oh you know I can't really invite a person that I've known for a year over a person that I've known for 30 when in fact you can because it depends on your life trajectory you're not who you are getting married now at 30 is not who you were when you met them at six and if you're not still the same there's no obligatory invites here absolutely and I think that's why people find it so hard it's like yeah even though it's about you, you're constantly throughout the planning process, probably thinking about other people. And especially within your guest list, you're thinking, Oh, I don't want to upset them. I don't want to, you know, I should invite them because that's rude. It's like, it's about you, your husband to be, you know, what do you guys want to do? How do you feel about those people being there? And if people haven't planned a wedding, I don't think they understand the whole guest list drama, but I think once you do plan a wedding, you really understand how difficult it is. And if you're not invited, if I, I haven't been invited to a wedding since um, ours. And I thought to myself, I don't, I understand. Like, yeah. you know, I, I see her where she's a lovely person, but I'm not invited to her wedding. I, she obviously just didn't have the seats and that's completely okay. It's yeah. her day. I'm not offended. It doesn't mean she doesn't like me. It just means that it wasn't right and people need to understand that it's a really difficult, I guess yeah. it's a really difficult thing to do. Yeah, it is. But I do think that those that have walked the shoes have a much better understanding. Like very rarely, unless it's the type of person they are, very rarely will you find a person that's been married that cracks the shits because they're not invited to someone else's. Like we are all like, I get the money situation. I get the guest list number situation. I appreciate it. it's all good, but it seems to be the same type of people who do do that under have that understanding. True. Um, okay, so you've got a plethora of amazing suppliers at your fingertips. You enlisted those suppliers within your core team that you know that like I I loved everybody on board. I think, you know, you had a really great team surrounding you, which is very, very important. Um, how though, because the team's great, but the dress is not a team thing. The dress is a you thing. So how did you go about finding your dress? I thought the dress would be the hardest part because with, with modeling, you know, I've actually, I've worn wedding dresses before yeah. and I've, found it quite difficult over the years to sort of identify my personal style just because I have had the opportunity to wear so many different things and wear so many different hats with so many different brands and you know it's I thought to myself how am I going to just decide on one style and one dress so I did leave it pretty last minute um and yeah I just to be honest I was really overwhelmed with it and that's probably one one part where I felt pressure I was like what if I wear something and people think oh why did she wear that and then 
I had to constantly remind myself, you wear what you feel comfortable in. So I knew I wanted something that was super classic that um, would sort of just, I'd look back in 10 years and go, that was a really good choice. You know, I'm so glad you didn't follow a trend. You wore something that made you feel good. And I did always imagine that I'd wear something with a really full skirt. I think with my work, you know, I've done a lot of swimwear shoots and that show my figure quite a lot. And I just thought, I want to wear something that, people aren't looking at my bigger than like, yeah. I'm not wearing it not and it's totally people women who wear super skin tight dresses and but that's honestly that's you look amazing for me I was like I just want this to be about miles and I and I didn't want different. to feel like yeah and I just didn't want to feel like you know on a shoot have everyone staring at me and that can be quite an overwhelming feeling and I didn't want my wedding day to feel like that I was pretty anxious about walking down the aisle and having all those eyes on me yeah and feeling insecure or feeling a little bit anxious about situation so I just wanted to wear a dress that made me feel amazing and yeah so I got in touch with Stephen Khalil who I'd worn one of his dresses earlier um, for an event and I had never felt so beautiful in that dress that he designed for me this event so I thought I'm going to reach out to him and see what he says and anyway, I ended up going up to Sydney. I had a meeting with him and he had, I'd sent him like a few Pinterest references. And to be honest, they were so, in my opinion, they were so broad. One was long sleeve. One had sequins. One had like silk. It was just a variety <laughs> of dresses. I was like, I was like, this poor guy is going to have no idea what to do. <laughs> um, and I got there and he'd mocked up this version in uh, like a calico fabric. And mm-hmm. he kind of just pinned it all on me. And it, it was obviously had pin marks and pen all over it and I put it on and I just knew I was like this was not hard at all yeah I love the way it felt um so yeah I had a few more I think I had four appointments so within that yeah 10 week period I was going oh, to Sydney lot, it? it was a lot but I was there for work anyway so it did work out quite well yeah and then my skirt ended up being much more full than I anticipated yeah. And like quite long. And I thought, oh, this is a little bit OTT for me. I'm a pretty relaxed personality. And as I said, I didn't want to feel like quite, I didn't want to feel overwhelmed walking down yeah. the aisle. And I just thought, well, this is a huge, dramatic dress. But I was like, I love it. So I didn't want to change it. And then I opted to get a second dress from Mariana Hardwick. Um, and it was just a more simple dress, a bit more firm fitting, something that I could dance the night away. Yeah. A little bit contrasty, you know, my first dress was quite classic and, um, you know, quite, I guess, romantic in a way. And then my second dress was a bit more party girl, you know, it was made of this really, I forget the fabric, but shiny fabric and it was silky, a bit more sexy. So I kind of, I'd never had a plan on having two dresses, yep. but it just worked out that I'd feel much more comfortable, you know, dancing the night away in a smaller dress. Yes. So yeah, the whole dress process was, I loved the process from Stephen and with the team at Mariana Hardwick. They were just, they just sort of like read my energy. I'm quite indecisive. Yeah. I felt like I just explained to them, this is what I think, this is what yeah. I like. Yeah. And then they just showed me the perfect dress. So I cannot fault either of, those experiences and I'm still even though they're not dry cleaned yet oh the dresses (laughs) the dress oh I know they're just still hanging out from the cupboard it's signs of a good night though so (laughs) it is my second dress I'm sorry if the team Mariana listening to this it is 
filthy. I'm like, what did I do? What did I, did I get any alcohol in my mouth or is oh it just my gosh, all over my dress? <laughs> yeah. See, you had a good time. That's the most important thing. <laughs> I kind yeah. of got through all of that. I was just saying Beautiful. that I just feel looking back and the way that I felt and the whole process with both of the designers, I would choose them again and again if I was oh my god hopefully I don't all over again. And again but if I had to choose a wedding dress design I'd absolutely choose them so yeah okay so so Brooke how um okay you've changed venue um from what you wanted to now what you're having which is probably like uh, you know the silver lining on a cloud um I haven't asked yet did your guest list stay at that 200 packs or did you now going to Hotel Sorrento did you have to decrease it at all we kind of we were were restricted with the space because I wanted the wedding to be outside yeah um fun fact we did not have a wet weather plan so it was completely outside we tried to get a sort of I know I honestly my anxiety was through the roof that morning because it actually did start to rain um but we tried to get sort of a makeshift marquee to be set up so we could have you know, a backup if it was to be standard Melbourne and start to yeah. rain, but it just couldn't work with the building okay. um, and the space. So we had 200 guests and we measured out that space to like the millimeter to try and get more bums on seats just so we could invite everybody that we wanted to um, and yeah. weren't upsetting anyone, especially with having it at the hotel. We did feel a little bit of pressure by people saying, oh, they can have as many guests as they want when really – that's yeah. not the case because yes. the venue has to, yeah, hold the, be able to hold them and, and seat everybody. Um, so we originally had 200 guests on our guest list and we stretched it to 209. Yeah. Um, and like our guests will probably say this, it was pretty squishy. Like, okay, it was tight. It was, it was tight. Um, but it made it feel really intimate. And yeah. I kind of liked that it just meant that everybody was sitting next to somebody and maybe they didn't know them, you know, they yeah. got to chat with them and we had yeah. two long tables. So, um, yeah, we had sort of like our family on one end and then friends on the other end. And it was just, yeah, it just, it really worked, Amazing. but it was, it was tight. Yeah. Yeah. And so, okay. So even just hearing that you didn't have a wet weather backup it gave me, has given me anxiety. You've had your wedding. The day looked amazing. There is no need to feel that, but like that, that blows my mind. And we're in Victoria, but so you were able to, you were able to plan this for outdoor and it started to drizzle on the morning. So what, what, what did you, did you just kind of put your hands up and be like, okay, it will be what it will be. I'm leaving it in these people's hands. Um, how did you approach that? Yeah, so in the lead up, Miles and I were like checking the weather every yeah. day. That's probably the only huge stress like in the few weeks leading up because we just thought if this doesn't work, we have to seat everybody inside the hotel. And as much as that would have been beautiful, you know, we spent weeks doing the seating chart. And, yeah. yeah. Um, just like I really wanted the two long tables. I really wanted the, the, the outside atmosphere and it was, I just told myself, if it does rain, that is, it's supposed to be that way. And yeah. I said to my wedding planner, if it rains, I don't care yeah. what happens or where people are seated and what it looks like in there, because 
what whatever way it's not going to be what I wanted so what's the point of me worrying about it the day of or the day before and stressing myself and you know being upset that it's not what I wanted when I just said I just trust you please handle it and anyway the morning we were checking the weather and it kind of went from like 27 and sunny and we're like perfect this is great you know, it's by the water, there'll be a breeze off the ocean, it'd be stunning. And then it was like 25, and then it was like 24, and then 22, cloud, and then 21 and cloudy rain. And we were like, oh, oh my God. God. So <laughs> scared. And you're on the water as well. Like this is like, that's another, that is a whole nother ball game when you reside or you've got a venue that is close by to a body of water. Like those weather patterns, it might say 22 and cloud cover, but what comes off that water could be anyone's guess. Exactly. And Sorrento is always a couple of degrees colder than Melbourne too, but we were checking the Melbourne forecast just to make ourselves feel a little bit better. Yeah, so we were like yeah, 21 and rainy. It's probably 18 and rain, but let's just not go there. We were in denial almost. <laughs> la, 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 la. <laughs> I was in um, hair and makeup and uh, the venue, the house, sorry, that I was getting ready at in the morning was a friend of mine. I was sort of just like sitting out like inside, but had a clear view of the outside and I remember just like looking up and see this disgusting gray cloud kind of like making its way. Rude. And I kind of rude. I was like, oh, I'm just going to choose to ignore that denial again. <laughs> and then I looked at the pool and I saw like droplets in the pool. Oh, my and God. I said to my girlfriends, I was like, guys, um, is that rain? I'm like, no, 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 no. It's just, it's just a pool filter noise. I was like, no, no, I can like see droplets. <laughs> and I called. Miles and I had said, like, let's not speak that whole morning. Let, let's yeah. just make it really special. Obviously, we didn't stay together the night before, but I was like, let's not speak. When I saw the rain, I just picked up my phone mm. and he answered straight away. And he goes, the rain? I was like, oh, my God. He goes, don't stress. It'll be fine. I said, I'm calling Brittany. And I hung up the phone and I called Brittany. And she goes, the first thing she said, she goes, it's fine. Don't stress. It's fine. It's already passed. Um, it was a little trickle. Don't stress. Don't stress. Honestly, it's fine. And I just thought, oh, okay, cool. Like it's not Perfect. that bad. It's going to be fine. Yeah. So I don't know. I think I had like a sip of champagne and got over it. And then it actually did pass. Um, and thankfully, you know, as I was walking down the aisle and everything, the sun was beaming. Our poor guests even got burnt because the sun was <laughs> it decided to pop out. Um, but it's so funny because the next day I said to Brittany, oh my God, you poor thing, like the rain, you just, obviously how lucky are we that it just didn't Mm -hmm. ruin anything? And she goes, you have no idea. Mm -hmm. She goes, we had put out all the place cards, all of the signage and it's all like, it was beautiful, like paper. And she said, we were just throwing sheets over everything. And she said, I was so stressed, (laughs) but she did not give, she did not give me an ounce of worry on the phone. No, you can't. Oh, but anyway, yep. thankfully it all it all worked out well. Oh my gosh, it was, it was very in, sunny. You know what though? You were obviously in the right hands. It was the right day. It was the right moment. Yeah, we said somebody was watching over us exactly. For that because, yeah, yeah, it really worked in our favor, and we were worried that our guests might be a bit chilly. And I think towards the end of the night, once people had finished their meals and stuff, our dance floor was all inside, so that was fine. But yeah, you know, it was a really stunning sunset and. It was not cold, or maybe Amazing. I wasn't cold because I had so much adrenaline. But then once it started to cool down, everybody moved inside. So it really did like 
did work out for it was me. Made so lucky. So good. So what, like, because there's lots of moments in a wedding day that you can look back on and be like, oh my God, I loved this or I loved that. What were your favorite details of your day? What, what, you know, reminiscing about it now, because it isn't that long ago. What do you remember the most? To be honest, when I think about the day as a whole, I feel like I would not change a single thing. And everything about the day was so perfect. We, I had my dad and my stepdad walk me down the aisle, which was really special. And, yeah. you know, we wanted that to have some traditional elements of the wedding, but we also really wanted to make it our own. And we were like, okay, does this suit our personality? Should we do this? And let's not just do something yeah. because it's the way things should be done. You know, as I said at the beginning, we're not that super cliche couple and like we're super lovey and, and we adore each other, but we're not huge on PDA and yeah. all that kind of jazz. So us doing like a really either structured first dance, we're both so uncoordinated for one, but it just didn't feel yeah. natural to us. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. we were like, let's just wing the first dance. And I was show you some images when we get off the call, but you know, Miles just like picked me up and threw me over his shoulder and it was just so us. And there were so many things throughout the day that we just sort of kind of made our own, but walking down the aisle um, was one of the most powerful things I've ever felt. And then our vows were just so special. And I guess to confess your love, I suppose, in front of everybody who you love watching and listening was such a special thing for us. And probably one of the things I was most excited about Mm. um, for the day, but we actually took a moment after our dinner. um, Was it after our dinner? I had a few champagne for this point. Maybe it was, (laughs) yeah, it was just after our dinner. We went up to the tower um, and we just had a moment together away from everybody with the photographers, obviously. Um, and we just sort of just took a moment and we were looking at the sunset and we both just said to each other, you know, like, let's soak up this moment because yeah. you don't get to feel like this again. And wow, no. how lucky are we? And it was just a really special moment to reflect yeah, and kind of just, yeah, be, be in the moment and be aware of what had just happened and what's yeah. about to come and just to kind of soak up every second so we don't wake up in the morning and go, oh, wow, it's over. You know, yeah. we really felt like throughout the whole time we were kind of just like super present and aware of everything. But we also, um, sorry, I'm rambling now. My grandma, my nan, my beautiful nan, she um, got to see me get married, which is really special because she passed for a couple of weeks later. So oh now looking back we feel like she was just holding on she actually wasn't sick um we didn't wish she was sick we didn't know she was sick but now when I look back (laughs) I just feel so grateful that she was there and I got to have her there for that day so although in the moment I didn't realize that was going to be a huge and special part of my day yeah you know as time has now gone on and after she passed away we have these you know beautiful (laughs) photos together and it's just such a no, I just uh, yeah, inadvertently is such a special thing to have happened. I think for us that to be just, able to have her there. Oh, I think that just listened to both of us sniffling. Um, I think that oh my gosh, no, but you know, this is the raw emotion of family and 
love and, you know, people get married and sometimes it's not just about them. It's about those closest to them, surrounding them and celebrating them with them as well. So, you know, I, yeah, it's, it's little things that everybody take out of their day that, you know, hindsight's amazing and would you change anything, you know, aesthetically, no, process-wise, probably not, but feeling-wise or emotional-wise, like, the, you know, those those moments are, you know, what you can treasure. Yeah, and we had a lot of our friends and guests sort of say as well, there was so much emotion at our wedding. There was mm. people were laughing, crying, dancing. Like There was just so much in our speeches and everything was very heart felt and raw and real and I think that's such an important part of a wedding is not doing things just because you feel like you have to or saying things because you think it's the right thing to say it's like how do I what do I want to say how do I want to feel and making sure that you just do what suits you and I think that's why our guests felt the same emotion is because we were so honest and we really kind of yeah gave that energy to our guests um yeah, and it was just, yeah, it was so special. I forgot to say, oh speeches were, were incredible. My dad, my stepdad's speech was so good. Oh, was it? <laughs> yeah, uh, it was so good. Yeah. He, I, I said, you've got a five-minute limit, and I think he went for 15, but it was worth it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and speeches nowadays, like, you like, got to pre-warn people. It's like, this isn't a 21st, this is a wedding. Like, let's be mindful about, you know, what topics we talk about and what we say, but when you get a good one, you remember it and especially as a guest or like I remember some of the speeches from my couples years ago, years ago because they, they were just so good. If you can get a good one, it actually doesn't matter how long they go for. It's the bad ones that go for over 15 minutes that you're like, okay. Oh, God. Oh, we're going to clap I know, I you was so <laughs> paranoid about my dad's speech. I was like, oh, what are you going to say? And this it's a wedding, you know, you've got to be appropriate. And so when he was – getting up to stand up I said to Miles I have to go like I think I'm going to be sick I don't know what is going to come out of his mouth and I'm so paranoid and he just blew blew it out of the water like he was so good and we had guests being like that's the best father of the bride speech I've ever heard and he was so stoked with himself but um proud moment so yeah so special so Brooke you married um, it sounded like an amazing day, but not without little things along the way that challenged you and tested the process. Now you're married. What's the piece of advice that you would give people who, do you know what, who had to really change what they thought they were going to have to now what they are going to have for their wedding day? Was there something that you could lean on that made that, you know, venue change or style change a bit easier for you yeah I think there's a couple of things like for the trivial things like worrying about what color your cutlery is or making sure all glasses are matching and all of those things that you get so caught up in the planning process that almost make you feel overwhelmed and stressed yeah those are the things for me personally I did not even look at nor think about on the day yeah so I think just for anybody I guess who's in the planning process is none of those those trivial things will matter on the day as long as you feel good you know you're you feel confident in who you're marrying I would just be so focused on the feeling that you're going to have when you're walking down the aisle stop worrying about all the 
the tiny little things because everything falls into place. And, you know, it, yeah, as you've just said, there are going to be moments where you're going to be like, oh, I didn't think that would happen or this, you know, or maybe that should have gone that way. That's just normal. You know, your wedding day doesn't have to be perfect, but at the end of it, you'll think it was perfect for you because that's the way that it went. So there are going to be hiccups. That's normal. But realizing that that's just part of your day, that's part of your story is Mm. so important. Mm. Um, And one thing on your wedding day, which I have touched on a little bit, is you know a bit of advice I've given to some friends and just I guess a couple of girls who have messaged me on Instagram yeah is on the day it goes so damn fast like yeah. you'll blink and you'll be dancing and you'll realize you're having your last glass of champagne or whatever it is and you'll know that the night's over and I knew that that would happen because it happens when I go out you know for girls drinks you know you're having pre-drinks and before you know it you're in bed so I just yeah. really <laughs> and there's a big black really- period there that we just don't know what happened <laughs> but it's just because you get caught up in the moment and you're not really kind of as present especially on your wedding day but so much adrenaline so for me it was moments throughout my day I was sitting there in hair and makeup with my bridesmaids and I thought just look around and you know I even think I took a time to thank everyone and be like wow I can't believe I'm getting married this is my morning I'm never going to have this moment again and I did that at so many points throughout the day when I was in the car I was like I'm never going to be in the car unmarried ever again and it was just a way to bring I guess my mindset just like slow everything down yeah and even eating my meal even though I didn't eat that much because I was just so busy chatting to everyone and talking to everyone just like eating my meal I was like this is your wedding meal you're not going to have this again and taking my dress off you know, I took a moment on my own, my, when I took my first gown off, I went sort of outside and I just like touched my dress and I looked down and I was like, you're never going to wear this wedding dress ever again. So just take a breath. Yeah. And it was so important for me because I woke up the next day and I, I didn't feel jibbed. I didn't feel like, oh my God, it went too quick. I felt like I was present in every single moment because I rem- I had to remind myself to be. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just a really powerful thing. And yeah, I guess that's just a little piece of advice because it does oh go gosh. so quickly. Oh my gosh, you've given me goosebumps, but that's exactly right. Taking a moment to appreciate what you've got in, I think, a world or a time where like it's so easy to not because it's so easy to look at what you don't have and want as opposed to what you do have and appreciate it. That's a huge, like that's a pretty powerful statement. And I think one that we're all really guilty of going through day-to-day life. And I think this is human existence, but you know, what's right in front of you is exactly the way it's meant to be for you right now. And, you know, we've got to embrace the good things. And I think that people are feeling pressure to live up to an expectation or you see things on social media and, oh, I want my wedding to be like this and I want my wedding to be like that that's obviously so normal you yeah. know I, I even had moments of that you know I have a friend who lives in Europe and she had the most incredible wedding in Lake Como and I was like oh and mine's just in Sorrento you know it's just you have everybody has these feelings yeah 100% it's not going to be what other people have but yes. that is fine is and that's okay. okay so reminding yourself that okay your wedding's not going to look like mine my wedding's not going to look like yours yeah that, as long as right. it's true to you that's the main thing yeah. Oh my gosh. Brooke, thank you so much for joining us and all your little bits of wisdom today. It's it's really nice to chat about 
you know, the realistic side of planning, I think, and the challenges that most people come up to when when they're planning a wedding. It's not all it's not all sunshine and lollipops as sometimes that little square can show us. So, you know, realism is good, but the day turned out so beautiful and you looked magnificent. So, you know, it was it was amazing to chat. Oh, thank you so much.